Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a one trillion dollar tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk/greattalent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable: postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and our favorite media. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks, uh, and I've got my stupendous and spooky co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt? That's right. In less than a day, it will be All Hallows Day! Wait a minute, that's not spooky. All Hallows Day is perfectly cromulent. Uh, never mind. Uh, if you haven't gathered, we're recording this a little bit late. Uh, normally, we record on the uh, every Sunday, but we uh, real life popped up and we decided to to move it back a day. So we are recording on uh, Halloween of twenty twenty two. So we're going to go ahead and maybe get some spooky questions. I don't know, uh, but if you do have well, questions, you, you pick these. Questions. I do know. I, I lied. I actually do know exactly what questions we have. Dear God, they're just random questions. I don't know what we're going to have happen. <laughs> Mike um, and Joe, have you guys, Mike, who's Mike? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you have questions for this or any of our podcasts, you can go ahead and send them into podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Just make sure you specify in the subject line what show it's for. Uh, you can also hit us up on Discord in our uh, Patreon queue and podcast questions channel and do the same thing. You can drop off what show it's for. Uh, and if you can't do either of those things and you, well, you're you not a Patreon supporter, again, we understand. Uh, you can go ahead and go into our uh, our Q and podcast questions channel. We have so many channels, so many ways for you to send us uh, questions. Uh, and again, if you can't support us monetarily, sending us questions and sharing our content with your friends is always appreciated. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and get started with some uh, spoopy questions here. Uh, first up, we have the new Dragonflight Legacy short got me thinking about the true nature of Galakrond, specifically his appearance. Galakrond strikes me as, not as a creature of death and undeath, but as an abomination twisted by the influence of the old gods in the void, much like Deathwing. Could Galakrond be the old gods' first attempt at corrupting something like a dragon aspect, like Neltharian Deathwing? 
Galakrond consumes other dragons, much like the Void feeds upon itself. Galakrond is driven by an endless hunger, much like the Void. Yet Galakrond was not always evil and twisted, but suddenly became so. The parallels to Deathwing's corruption are hard to ignore. And this is from uh, Aaron. Uh, and I'm going to say it like that because I love that skit. Uh, so, Matt, what do you think? Do you think Galakron was like that? I think we have some some speculation on that already, right? Yeah, some weirdo wrote an article about it last week. I know. Yeah, but I'm going to say, uh, just going to put it all to rest right here. Galakron was a tiny bunny. Yeah. <laughs> tiny, sweet little bunny that never harmed a soul. Uh, okay, now on to like actually talking about what you're talking about. First off... Um, it's quite possible that the void is involved or the, or the old gods or what have you, but they're not to blame for Galakrond. If you want to know who's at fault for Galakrond, you need look no further than Tyr. Yeah. The Titan Watcher who never actually came right out and said he was involved. He did it, but he hinted pretty heavily that it was his the, fault. The correcting of his mistake, I think. is. <laughs> yes. Uh, it seems possible that what Tyr attempted to do with Galakrond was to invest somebody with the power of all five aspects. Essentially, instead of picking a bunch of different dragons out and giving them some of the Titan's power, he attempted to give it all to somebody. And don't forget, Galakrond was the, uh, was referred to as the progenitor of dragon kind, the father of dragons, if you would. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was BS. They deliberately, they deliberately covered up what happened. Oh, 100%. Um, but I think it's very likely that it's not necessarily that the old gods or the void created Yalakrond, but they certainly might have taken advantage of him. Or, but the thing is, is that the death stuff is real. Mm-hmm. The death and undeath stuff, he, when he consumed those dragons, they rise as undead. They straight up come back as undead dragons, which is really interesting because dragons like the Titan Forge themselves are beings of pure elemental energy. Like the Titans created the elemental planes, but before the Titans did that, elemental beings just lived on Azeroth and yep. dragons were among their number. The proto drakes descend from drakes, which are elemental dragons. Like you see them today. You can go to, you can go to like, oh, oh boy, heck, I can't remember the name of it. Deep home. Thank you, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go and see a stone drake right there. There, you know, there's various kinds of drakes in various elemental planes. And when they lived on Azeroth, they began becoming more and more like beings of like flesh and blood, which is really interesting because it's the kind of thing that we were told before that the old gods called the curse of flesh. But we see it with other beings. We see it with these draconic elementals becoming dragons. They became proto-drakes. So uh, in terms of what's going on with Galakrond, I think one possibility is that whatever Tyr did pushed him too far. It was just more than he could handle. Because think about some aspects of that, right? Like, Galakrond wasn't just eating dragons. Yes, he was eating his own kind, but he was consuming their life energy. That thing that we now know is anima, right? And we know that there's been experimentations with anima throughout the Mogu, throughout some of the Titan facilities. I'm looking at you, Mother's facility, uh, old year. He, he's it, it definitely smacks of an experiment gone wrong, and it seems to have a lot of those hallmarks, like the mutations, the 
uh, the sort of like the overloading of energy in the body where his, you know, his body can't contain it. There are some similarities with that thing for sure. But one thing that I think is interesting is I don't think it was happening because like, I agree with Matt that it was happening because of the old gods and because of void corruption. I think this became a blueprint. Old gods aren't dumb. They're, they're very mischievous. We know that their influence, even when they were contained, was stretching far and wide. We don't know how far the old gods uh, influence at the time of the proto drakes happening was already seeping through the world. We don't know how far it actually reached, but we do know that they had agents still. We do know that they had eyes and had a pulse on sort of what was going on. It, to me, it's more likely that they saw what happened with Galacron and were like, that might be useful. Maybe we can use that later. Does that make sense? I suppose. But it got me thinking about something. And what's that? I'm, I'm trying to come up with words for it. Hold on, give me a second here. I hate when I create dead air, but um, <laughs> here, here's what I'm thinking. One of the reasons Tyr wanted to create uh, the aspects was because he thought there were problems happening on Azeroth that the Titan, Titan Forged and the Titan Watchers in particular weren't paying attention to because they weren't native to the world. They weren't part of its rhythms, and thus they didn't know when those rhythms were being disrupted. So what happens to Galakrond seems to be Tyr's fault. Tyr even says, correcting my mistake, what if he picked the wrong per- the wrong dragon, for lack of a better word, because he didn't know any better than the other Titanforged? Well, I, I, he, he's not part of the world either, right? Right. And so he goes off to find one, not realizing that he's picked one who is inherently targeted. Like, as the largest and most powerful of the proto-drakes, Galakrond would have had the void, mm. the void and the old gods' attention, especially from within the world. The, the, the old gods, in a way, their imprisonment gives them the advantage because it means they are part of the world. Literally. They are physically in there. You can't just, you know, the Titan Forged are up in their, like, you know, up in Ulduar, up in their Titan facilities, not paying attention to the day-to-day lives of the things they're trying to shape and shepherd. Because they're they're focused on the world as this giant whole. Um, W-H-O-L-E. They're, they're, they're trying to influence it along a path that will lead it to eventually becoming something like a Titan. Uh, maybe they are looking at Azeroth and thinking it is a Titan, and thus they're like trying to direct it towards being a Titan, when it might in fact be something greater than a Titan. We don't know. But regardless, that's where their focus is. That's where their goals are. And they're not paying attention to things like individual beings. But the old gods do pay attention to individual beings. Oh, absolutely. We've seen this. We've seen that, you know, Deathwing is a good example. I think Deathwing's not a bad a bad thing like you said before it might have served as a blueprint for what to do in the future but it's not a bad idea to look backwards with deathwing in our heads like you know they obviously picked Neltharion and focused on him maybe before all that they had picked galakrond maybe they were going to try and make dragons into their because look at what's what's going on in dragonflight we have a whole bunch of proto drakes that view Galakrond as like this hero father figure. Well, not only that, and, but I mean, we we know that there's a history of the old gods using elementals, right? Yeah, exactly. Now, and think about we we dragons are elemental beings. Their inherently draconic natures are mm-hmm. that of an element, and we're seeing it with the primals in Dragonflight. What if that process started much earlier? What if they went 
and started trying to, to corrupt, you know, beings like Galakrond. And he wouldn't recognize it was corruption because whilst they were intelligent beings, they weren't even close to as smart as a true dragon. It wouldn't be that hard for the old gods to say, you know, hey, we, we, you know, we are beings who understand the elements. You are beings of elemental power. The true elementals have been banished, but you're still here. Like this world is yours by right. And Galakron would have been like, yeah, okay. I, I, I see no problem with this. You know, it's not like Galakron was malicious. Why would that's not malicious to want your clutch to do well, to want your kind to have a place in the world. And so by the time Tyr shows up and is offering Galakron power, he's been conditioned to believe that that is power he should have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that like you, it's, you, it's possible ahead. to, that's, I, I just think it's possible that there's something to this that, that we don't know about yet. And we won't know about until after Dragonflight. but it's clear that there's a connection between the primalists in Dragonflight and Galakron. They talk about him all the time. There's, there's also another aspect of this that it, you, you sort of got me thinking about as well. We talk about, I don't want to gloss over it. I want to go back to it where this is Tyr's mistake. And, you know, maybe he was chosen by Tyr uh, at one point to be the the first experimentation. And maybe Galakrond was chosen also by the old gods. Maybe the old gods didn't choose him, didn't have anything to do with that. What if there is a reason why Tyr needed multiple vessels for the power because cramming all of that power into a single single vessel is one hell of a really close thing to what happens with the night warrior isn't it it overloads the vessel that might have been the mistake because i think that was another thing too that the titans and the by extension the titan watchers had a nasty tendency of doing if you look at it while they created lots of little minions they usually had one prime minion that they sort of like put everything into, right? Whether it was Helia and Odin or whether it was, uh, well, I mean, any number of them, right? They could have had like their, their prime candidate that they use as like the extension of their will and doted on or whatever, the, whatever the case is. Tyr may not have understood until Galakrond that you can't do that, that you can't say, Yep, that's my boy. I'm going to put everything I have into that. That's I'm going to put all this these pieces of power. Look, I got this this piece of almond. I'm going to I'm going to put that in there. I've got this piece of of anr. I'm going to put that in there. Oh, this here's this light crystal. I'm going to shove that in there too. Man, you know what? The, maybe this this thing it looks gross. But I might as well see what it does. Let me put it in there too. And then it's just too much to handle. And then you look at the dragon aspects. They all got divvied up, and they were all very specific things that they were put in charge of. Right. There's no. I have a problem with this idea because of the nature of the pantheon. Okay. The pantheon is divided in much the way that the aspects are divided. Amonthul has a specific portfolio that he's sure. in charge of. So does Aonar. So does uh, Agrimar. They they all have you know um uh bloody hell hammer guy. I used to be on his server for bloody sake. Ah, I cannot remember his name. No, Ganon. Thank you. Thank you, Destin Organon. Nuganon has a specific portfolio. They all have specific things that, sure. they, that they are in charge of. So, it, And they themselves, when they created the Titan Forged, the Titan Watchers are each like divided up. They're not concentrated. But who does try and concentrate stuff together all the time? Dragons. Specifically, look at the entire history of the Black Dragon Flate's attempts to serve the old gods. And it's Let's take the powers of all the dragons. Let's combine the powers of all the dragons. I think that might go. Yeah, but I have, I have some and thoughts now, on that too. Yeah. And now when we look at that, now look at 
we we have Tyr saying this was my mistake. I don't think that the powers that the aspects got are the powers that Tyr tried to put into Galakrond. Oh, maybe not. I think what Tyr tried to do with Galakrond wasn't to make him an aspect. It was to uplift him. Like the aspects became more like, I think the aspects are actually significantly more powerful in terms of what they were created to do. Uh, but I think with Galakrond, he was attempting to uplift Galakrond from his semi-sentient, I mean, semi-sapient, semi-intelligent state that he was in to bring him up to like through, through all the evolution that's going to happen. He was just trying to, to skip it. He didn't want to like, wait, he didn't want to like go from point A to point B to point C to point D until we eventually get there. He wanted to be there. And that, cause look at how the Titans treat Azeroth. That is exactly what they were trying to do with the whole reordering of that's that's what they do. They reorder things. What does the well of eternity do to things that are exposed to it? Changes them, brings them up. We've seen it with the night elves. We've seen it with the as yeah, right. Yeah, not it, what are the what's the name of the fish people? You know the ones I'm talking about. The Ginyu. Yeah, the, the Ginyu. All those things. Every time someone's exposed to this power, which is arcane power, which is the thing that the the old gods are not the old gods. The Titans are all like super suffused with it brings things up, but it brings them up to this specific state. He was trying to do that with Galakrond, in my opinion, and it didn't work either because the old gods were involved, which I still think is a possibility, but you're saying, what if the gold gods weren't involved, but chaos is inherent to existence. And, and so is the void. Like the void is the void is literally where all possibility lives. Because until it is realized, it isn't real. It isn't here. So it's not. It's void. It is nothing. But it is still where the possibility of everything is. The the void and light have really weird interaction, if you actually stop and think about them in, in the Warcraft cosmology. Because light is rigid and dogmatic, but it's also revelatory. And if you're trying to like play with these kind of cosmic forces... Galakrond seems like a really good example of what happens if you're doing it and you don't know what you're going to get. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like this idea that you take this, this entity, which dragons are not inherently dragons. Like we've seen this, we, we've seen that the proto drakes exist. We've seen the stone drakes and the, the wind drakes and all these other kinds of things. They don't have to be this, even, even the non five there's, there's dragons on Azeroth right now that are not in at the, the big five dragonflies. Oh yeah. 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 There's like storm drakes and, you know, and look what happens if you expose and them we've, to, to we've, we've seen what happens. If you expose them to the twisting nether. They become nether drakes. We, and we've and talked about t- this. We talked about this in the, the, the big dragon series of episodes that we did a while yeah. ago. And honestly, you guys should go back and listen to them if you haven't already, but like they are very malleable is not the right word. They can easily attune themselves to energy. They're like Pokemon. They 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 really are. Like the Thunderstone. Now you get you get a Thunder Eevee or whatever it's called. I can remember. But you know, you take Eevee, you expose Eevee to various things, and you get different kinds of like you know Vesperon or whatever. Think about this: like you tr- you come along with like say pure Anima, and you try to push Galakrond to the ultimate form. But dragons have so many ultimate forms. That he starts going crazy trying That's to be all of them. The mutations, the these yeah, skins the not even hold itself together. Yeah. yeah, maybe it's it's it is the void, but it's not. The void didn't come to do this. He hit the void with what he was trying to do. He was trying to make. Oh, he unlocked infinite. He, un- he unlocked infinite possibility. Yes, 
Teves trying to to push him through like the, to the what the light would consider the one true destiny of dragons. Dragons don't have one tr- true destiny. They None have of all these possibilities because they because they are the same thing as the living creatures of Azeroth, which we've talked about before. There's mm-hmm. a reason we can touch the void, and there's a reason we can touch the light. Is because we we are a combination there and of the two. We're we're, we're sort of like all of the elements sort of melded together. Dragons are very much that same way as well. Dragons are like the personification of it. Yeah, they're they're like the ultimate the ultimate synthesis of that. So like yeah, it so would, he tried to he tried to take them to their one true place, and there's no one true place for them to go. So he the Galakron started going everywhere. Yeah, the the and infinite that, possibilities got unlocked, yeah. and Galakron went haywire. And that's why he needed to divvy it up five ways, because that way it's giving them room. Like you will be life. Life is one thing. It's not everything. So you will now be life. Should, what does that what does that mean? I don't know. You figure it out as you go. Yeah, but you're gonna be that. And you'll you're gonna embody the power of the earth. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and and plus you notice that he didn't he didn't reach out to the Titans with Galakrond, but the Titans themselves empowered each of the aspects. So he called up his bosses mm-hmm. and said, I didn't do this right the first time. Yeah, and I think that, I think that has something to do with it too. Right. And like, and that's, that's kind of like a little bit of where I wanted to go with that as well is like, he tried it on his own and that's a bad idea because he's playing with forces that he doesn't quite understand. And then has to go back and call his bosses because they're better at ordering. Like going back to what you were saying, that's what they do. They order, they structure, they understand sort of linear progression, Right. And Mm -hmm. what he did with unlocking infinite possibilities, while it's the antithesis of it and wasn't his intended goal, he, I mean, it was basically a a baby trying to handle, like, it's like a baby trying to drive a car. It's it's not going to end well, right? Like, it's, yeah. I think it's really not a bad way to look at it in that the Titans didn't just fix Azeroth when they, when they realized what had happened. They didn't just go, boom, you're better. They realized, no, you have to go through all the stages. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a prog. In order for this to work, there has to be a process. You can't just leapfrog it and and expect things to work your way. The reason it works when the Will of Eternity does it is because Azeroth is literally an unthinking baby. Yep, just bathing them in, in energy, and they're kind of going along the path that Azeroth needs them to go. Mm-hmm. You don't have that. You're not a Titan. You're you're a Titan Watcher. You're not at that level. You cannot just jump the process. It has to happen. They have to become what they're going to become. And that means that they have to experience what they're going to experience that will push them along the path they're going. It's quite possible that the whole thing that the dragon's aspects thought was a punishment in a way at the end of Cataclysm, when they used used up their aspect power to stop Deathwing, it might have just been something they had to go through. Yeah, like, and there's not not to like completely sidebar, but I've been thinking about that a lot too, especially with Dragonflight on the horizon. Like, I think that, and this may be a bad, I don't know, hot take or whatever. Some people may disagree. Them losing their aspect power is probably the best thing that ever happened to them in the long run. They got to understand the time of mortals. They got to have a different perspective. They got to grow and learn, which is something that really they hadn't had the opportunity to do for a long, long time. They've just been yeah, going from tragedy to tragedy, steward, like stewarding the, the safety of the planet. Now that they didn't have their aspect powers anymore and their numbers were, were sort of in a, a weird gridlock standpoint because of everything that happened, they could actually just be alive for once since, since the, for the first time since before Galakrond. Yeah. 
So in sense the tear initially turned them into aspects. And that's, there's a lot, there's a lot we don't know. And a lot they think we're going to find out in Dragonflight and it could go in directions very different from what we're talking about. But I definitely think it's worth considering that the void is nothing, if not opportunistic mm-hmm. because nature is opportunistic. Life takes opportunities. Like the, the whole idea of evolution is based on the concept of, you know, to, to, to not, to, to, there's a bunch of different canid species that live in South America. They all descend from a single canid species that moved down there 5 million years ago. And they all evolved in different directions because there were different niches to fill and different roles to play. And that's, imagine trying to take that one species of dog 5 million years ago and just magically poofing it into what it was going to be when it was going to, you know, it's going to be all these different things. If you really think of Galakrond as the father of dragons, then trying to force him into an ultimate form means that you're trying to force him to be all these different dragons at once because they're all coming from him. In a real way, all of modern dragons come from him. Mm-hmm. And you can't make him into all of them at once because they're different. They went in different directions. They embody different ideals. They're different things. Even now. Yeah, and right now. It continues and- to evolve and grow, like Matt pointed out earlier, with like the different flights. And like we talked about previously, the different, the new dragons that have been born that never were conceived of in the first place. It's so wide and varied, but yet at the same point, all of them still are Galakrond in a way. Yeah. So yeah, he went nuts. And so I think I do. Th- I think the void is involved because the void is part of that. But I don't think that the, I don't think it was an old god plan. No, I think it was something that happened, and the old gods were like, "Hey, yeah, because I, I think at the end, you notice that exactly." Hey, do you see uh, our doors got opened? We didn't do that, right? Like, that wasn't you? No. All right. We should. Okay. So who's got the journal? Who's writing this down? Wait a minute. They can open the doors? Yeah. I thought I thought the doors were closed. They're just closed for us, but they can open them? Well, then, I think of something. I think we should start asking people to open the door. Is what I'm thinking. Yep. Are you thinking that? No, it's a terrible plan. Get on it. <laughs> because, you know, the old gods are nothing if not loyal to each other and, and very trusting. Yeah, clearly. Like, but it's, well, yeah. it's it's fascinating to think about. And we have another question about Galakron, which we're going to get into here in a second. Um, but it is, it's really going to be fascinating to see how that sort of shakes up. It's also really fascinating that that is the first short, that that's where they decided to start. And it makes sense for it being like the dawn of the dragons and, you know, sort of like the turning point where they all decided to be you know, more than themselves, although they didn't really make the decision that was all pure instinct and survival. They didn't have a choice, right? It was fight back or die. Um, yeah, but look at, if you look at the way that the uh, other Drakes were reacting, they are the only five that actually sat back and said, no, wait, let's not just react. Let's actually think about this. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's come up with a plan. And the other dragons were like, Drakes were like, I don't know what that means. Let's go kill it. Or, you know, I'm going to secretly serve it and tell everyone, oh, let's go kill it. But those were the two responses that the other drakes were coming up with. And these five drakes were the only ones who were like, whoa, 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 whoa. My sister can kind of calm people down. So we can maybe talk these things down. Uh, and if not, this blue guy we just met is really sneaky. Yeah, he's real sneaky. Who are you? I'm his best friend, Rocky dude. Uh, I, he and I are thick as thieves and I will never do anything to betray him. <laughs> yeah, he is my he is like my brother, uh, and I'm the creepy one who constantly thinks about time. I think we need to use some of that to to stop and and use some time 
rather than just rush off because I'm well, trust me, this is gonna here's something we got to think about. Here's the interesting question about that though too, and I'm I'm kind of curious if we'll find this out during the. Okay, but you did interrupt my Super Sentai thing with the, the aspect. So later, you're going to have to draw them in the Power Rangers costumes. I Go will on. do that for you. I'm curious if we're going to get to know what their original elements were. Because some of them, like, we can make an inference, right? Like, we can make an inference to... Yeah, so maybe Sarah's Alex, not exactly pushing it. We we kind of know where she was coming from. But like Alex Rouser, we can say maybe Fire, sure. We can say Deathwing or, you know, uh, Neltharian. Earth, okay, but what about the other ones? Because, like, Ysera, sure. But that's not really an elemental force, is it? Nature? Kind of. But I, like- think if, I think you, if you look at, like, Malagos and Ysera and Nosdormu all kind of feel like we, we've got storm drakes today. Yeah. So it feels like we've got, if you look at the way they are, like, there's, there's aspects of air and aspects of Earth to Nosdormu sand sanded mm-hmm. sandstorms sand, you know malagos feels very much like air and water wind and wind and storm almost yeah air and water because the magical aspect magic flows like water but magic you know soars in the air it it, it, it feels very combined and yesera i would say almost it's almost like like the life force is fire and I think that that's there. I think she's she is Alex Raza's sister, but I also think that it roots into Earth, and that's the the force that through the green fuse drives the flower, the life force, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is fire pushed through the Earth. You know, well, and, let's, and the, there's a, there's a there's more to it, but you know the, that's just where I'm going with it. Since you brought this up, let's 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 ask the next question then, because it all kind of ties into this as well. I think a little bit, uh, which is re- with the release of the new animated Legacies video, we see the defeat of Galakron by the Aspects. Norzdomu states that after the defeat of Galakron, they were then granted the gift of the Titans. Does this mean that five regular Proto Drakes were able to defeat Galakron? Did they have any assistance from the Watchers Titans before the encounter? Uh, and then the side question is, do you think the time loss proto drag could be a former student of Norse Dumbo stuck in the time ways? Uh, and this is from Naldi, who is an unholy DK from area 52. I don't, it's the second one we can talk about after I, I that's, I've got to, to do this because all I can think of now is that first off, yes, they did have help and that tier helped them tier helped bring them together Tier helped them fight Galakrond. He even gave up his hand for it, but he's basically Zordon <laughs> he is their Zordon. I'm not kidding here. I'm not. You guys thought it was just me telling a clever joke. They are a Sentai team. They the colors. There's, the colors match too. It's five they're Voltron of them. colors. Yeah, there's five of them. One of them goes bad. Um, they end up having to replace him. Like seriously, they're a Sentai team. They, I'm not even. It's it's and they, they are they, they are exactly like if you straight up look at the original uh, Power Rangers or the the original Voltron. They are the, the same five colors. Just throwing it yep. out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, so th- so there's that. But yes, they were actually helped by Tier. But the fact that they were just five regular Proto Drakes—that's not exactly true. Physically, they were five regular Proto Drakes, but they, they were had, smarter. Yeah, they had they had a higher intelligence level. Not just in higher intelligence, which they absolutely did have, but they also each kind of like saw the world differently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Most Drakes took everything was an aspect of survival to them. They were just they were basically just smarter animals. That's that wasn't Neltharian being a jerk. That was just the way it was. And he knows because he grew up in it. He saw it. He lived through it. All of his clutch mates were like that. And he was different. He was a dreamer. He was a thinker. And that's the way they all were. 
It's just in different ways. Like Alex Straza, I think honestly, Alex Straza might have ended up a normal Drake if not for Yasera being so weird and somebody had to try and understand her and protect her, which was something that no Drake would have done, except maybe Galakron, quite frankly, and we'll get back to that. Um, it was it was that that gift of wanting to protect and nurture someone that comes out of having this this clutch mate who's really different and really like for a Drake pretty weak. Ysera wasn't very strong physically. She was actually kind of sickly, but it was her 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 own compassion and her her desire to understand people to not people, but you know to, to understand the world around her, to understand her own kind and and why they were the way they were. That's a big part of who she was. Nosdormu was this, you know, he was really just obsessed with how things were happening and why things were happening. And like, did they have to happen that way? Or could they have happened some other way? Malagos, again, he's like, a, he was, he's like, if you see like in the story, I, I know Joe doesn't like Richard knock all that much. And I don't blame you. Cause I, Richard knock when he's not great, isn't great. But when he hits it, it's like a bl- it's a bloody home run. Like the mm-hmm. Sin War trilogy is just some astonishing stuff. His humor Dragon Bane stuff for Dragonlance is really great. And this is his best book for Blizzard, the Dawn of the Aspects book, because he's not writing like, you know, he doesn't have to write characters that anybody else has ever written. He doesn't have to go along with like, you know, he's not great at respecting what other writers have done with a character. <laughs> but he's really good here. Because this is the dawn of these creatures, and they don't, their personalities are just new and coming into being. And his Malagos is this perfectly quick witted person. Malagos isn't the smartest. That's probably uh, Nosdormu or Naltharian. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's not the most, like, he's not the most stubborn or brave or willful. That's either Ysera or Alexstraza. And he's not the most determined. Again, that's probably Alexstraza. But he is the quickest thinker. He's when something happens, he goes, he looks at it and bang, he's got something. And it's usually pretty good, but he usually needs one of the other five, I mean, the other four to help make it into something that'll work. Like, yeah, that's a good idea. But if we just rush in there, Galakron will eat us because, you know, he has an enormous thing that will eat us. And, but do you, do you know where I'm going with that? Like, each of them has holes, but each of them plasters over the holes yeah, it's- in, in, in that initial. In that initial fight, when it, they were fighting against Galakron. It becomes a balanced system, right? So it's like what you're saying is each of them have their strengths and weaknesses, which is, you know, fair. Um, and they all complement each other in a way that makes it one solid whole, kind of like we were talking about before. Um, to get to the root of the the question, though, and the, to bring it back a little bit, um, there's a lot that we're going to that I think is interesting and wasn't in the short. Um, in particular, like what we know previously about from dawn of the aspects right um is that there's a lot of interplay before the battle with with galakrond between tier and originally starts with malagos then it's uh alex Straza and uh ysera yeah. and then neltharion and norsdomo later where you know he interacts with them set, stands to fight with them uh at one point stands to fight so that uh ysera alex Straza, and malagos can get away links back up with them later uh, does his thing with the spark of tear to Naltharian and Nurzdomu, uh, and then basically witnesses the final battle between them and Galakrond, uh, because he's already done everything he can at this point. Um, well, he does take part in it, but he loses his hand. I thought that was in the standoff. I thought that he watched the battle at the. I thought that the. I haven't read the book in like two years, so. 
I may have to go back and reread it just <laughs> to be sure. But I thought I think I'm going to go with what you're saying because I'm not 100% certain about it. I know he did lose his hand, though. Yes. That might be why he didn't fight because he got the spark of tear. The spark of tear was in his hand when his hand got bitten off. Yeah, he wanted to, he wanted to go reach for the spark of tear. And that, it was in the final battle. Yeah. I'm looking at the notes here. Okay. But regardless, whichever, whichever one it is, tear, tear got taken out because he got his hand bit off. Um, which is, implies, by the way, just how powerful Galakrond actually was because Tyr did something. Tyr was one of the ones who fought Ragnaros. It was Tyr and Odin, I believe. I don't think mm. it was Ra. Ra didn't show up for that one. Ra was fighting no. other ones. But Tyr and Tyr and Odin went out face to face with Ragnaros. Ragnaros burned off Odin's face. It's which is still burned today. Yeah, that that beard thing he's got going on is actually molten metal spilling out of the eternal burn bark on his face. But Tyr's the one who smashed Ragnaros down. Tyr actually out hammered Ragnaros. Mm-hmm. He went hammer to hammer with Ragnaros, and his hammer beat Ragnaros's. So, in terms of hammers, the the the, the silver hand mace that paladins get is a, legitimately the winner over Sulfuros hand to Ragnaros, which is makes me very sad to say out loud, but it's still true. Yeah. <laughs> but our point is this: yeah, it, the fact that it was just the five of them, it wasn't other than Tears assistance with the the help he gave them. He didn't fight for them; they fought for Azeroth. Mm-hmm. They were of Azeroth. They were just Drakes. Because there was a they point. Yeah. There was, say, there, there was a point in time where like Tyr got knocked out and then got taken away to safety by Malagos. And then Malagos went back to the fight. Right. So like Tyr wasn't there for the final blows, but then, you know, stuff happens. It, it's just, it, it is interesting, though, that Tyr wasn't in that animated short. He wasn't in the retelling or the recollection by essentially the keeper of time one who would most like likely want to have the record set straight so i think that's a curious choice i'm wondering if that has some implications later on but yeah i i don't know if there's much more to say about that we could probably i mean after galatron's defeat a solid 40 minutes of the show on it so far we have so I'm not like we've not like we're shorting people on it. No, we're not. Uh, but I think we're going to move on to some other questions because we do have some more here to get to. Uh, unless there's anything oh, else wait, you want to say whoa, about Galakrond, we, we haven't talked about the time loss proto Drake question, which we ah yes, 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 go for it. Oh, I don't have anything for it. The time loss proto Drake has never interested me in the slightest <laughs> because I'm not one of those people who hunts for Drakes. So people are like, I'm going out to get the time loss proto Drake. I'm like, whatever, have fun. I don't care. And that's yeah. the, so I've never thought about it. Could it be a former student of North Zormu? I don't know because I don't know how the Dragonflights formed. I don't know if they recruited proto drakes to be in them. I don't know how, like when they got made into dragons, did, did the, like they, they get turned into the aspects. Did other dragons get turned into dragons? Like did, did we have proto drakes who got turned into dragons or did the proto drakes hang out with the aspects for a while? I don't, I have no idea. I have no idea how that works. So I, I couldn't tell you how that happened. Joe, have you thought about it more than that? The only thing that I thought was interesting is, and and there really is nothing in game uh, to really kind of speculate anything further than this. Uh, there is a shared spawn with the time loss proto Drake. Uh, and it is a shared spawn with Varagosa, which is a blue Drake, right? Um, Viragosa is, or Blue Dragon, excuse me, uh, where you could like get either one of them at the spawn locations. Uh, is it possible that 
the time loss proto Drake is tied to Norzomu, maybe, or is it maybe something that is in a shattering of a timeline, something that's not been tidied up or, or made complete because it is happening, you know, in an area that's been sort of chaotically manipulated by elements for a while. Uh, especially with everything that happened, the siege of Wormrust Temple, uh, the Lich King's forces throwing things out of balance, uh, Cataclysm and, and sort of like Nars Domu having other things on his mind, such as, I don't know, infinite dragon flights. Is the time lost proto Drake just an earlier version of Varagosa? Like Matt said, is it a Drake? that was raised up with the dragon aspects because that's the thing that, that we don't know. Right. Oh, hold on though, buddy. Go for it. You, you made this happen in my head. I'm looking at the time loss for a Drake right now. Mm-hmm. It is bronze. It is bronze. What if it's Nosdormu? Interesting. Like before it became an aspect, like if he's his natural elemental power linked him to time in some way, like we don't know what Galacron like what power Alacron used during the fight. He might've like sent a piece of Nosdormu himself forward into the future. I don't know. It's just interesting looking at him. He's a bronze Drake. He's very bronze and it doesn't have a name or anything in the, in the, the lore of the game. There's nothing about what that animal is. There's no, you know, I am Von Thonk. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have a name that we know of. So, well, and it's interesting that it's in the storm peaks, right? Like it's not in, it's not in the Dragon Wastes. It's not. It's not in that section. It's in Storm Peaks, and the interesting thing is the flight path for it goes directly over the Broken Titan facility south of Alduar in the center of the zone. Yeah. Is it? Is it a, an aspect? It's the of, Temple of Storms. Uh huh. It goes over the Temple of Storms. Goes and around, yeah, around goes the Temple of Storms goes through Paris of the of the Makers. It goes, yeah, Ooh, and, and, and look at what's in between them. That that giant engine that's been frozen solid because the casing's been smashed. Yeah, right. We have no clue what that was for. We have no idea. What if what if that's a piece of of something that the Titans were doing that just got shunted out of out of sync with everything else? Oh, buddy, you know what I just realized. Hmm. Part of this flight path goes over the giant gap between Olduar and the rest of the Storm Peaks. Sure does. You know what was in that gap? Mm-hmm. Halls of Valor. Oh, yeah, this definitely. <laughs> who knows? When he had her rip the Halls of Valor out, who knows what damage he did to the engines? Or what damage he did to just whatever whatever Olduar was originally supposed to be part of. Because don't forget, Olduar is a much larger facility than we've seen. We've seen yeah. parts of it. We haven't seen all of it. In fact, yeah. we take a train ride to a separate section, and we only see a small portion of it. And that section is a rival city the size of Iron Forge or bigger. Yeah, and all the stuff that we see in in the Storm Peaks was originally part of that Titan facility. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Halls of Valor would have been right there. Like, they would have been right hard abut the, uh, the Halls of... Uh, which one is that? Halls of Invention, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, there is so much. Yeah. That's, this is really we, interesting to me. Cause we see very precious little, we know that we're going to get more information about that. Right. We know that we're going to like talking about Alduar and, and Aldemon and, and probably a lot of the other facilities that we've seen before. I am we, so hoping there's a return to Alduar patch. I, I, if there is not, I'm going to be real upset. Cause we got to find out why the hell they hung up on us. And uh, that's a whole other thing. But with, Odin going back there and Odin being free now, 
and us starting to learn more about the history, specifically of the Titans and the Dragons, I would be surprised if we don't learn a little bit more about that. Maybe the Time Lost Proto Drake factors into that. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's an aspect of Nora's Dormu uh, that is lost to time, or maybe it's just time itself being shunted out of place, right? Because yeah. we, we have no idea yet. Yeah, it could be like, you know, when they were made aspects, the entire future of the world changed. It was it, because investing Nosdormu with the power of the the aspect of time puts him on a different path, one that he knows the end of. And what was and the bronze that, dragonflight's primary yeah, purpose? Yeah, what was all that path? What was what path was he on before? What what will life would Nosdormu have led without everything that happened? That could just be what he is. But now I'm thinking about this in terms of. Do you remember in 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 uh, Battle for Azeroth when we at one point we're empowering the heart of Azeroth? What are we empowering it with? At the end, the last patch before we uh, before we actually go in and, and fight pieces of fight. dragon power, yeah, and specifically the the five flights, including Earth scale the scale the scale of the black dragon, uh, which yeah. Ebonhorn comes and helps us with. Uh, yeah. We have the scale of the the blue flight, which we get from Malagos. We get the scale of uh, the Malagos. Uh, Malagos, excuse me. Uh, Malagos would be way way more interesting um, and probably more bloody. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like every single one of them, even Ysera's daughter, we go and get, get the yeah. charge scale from. So we have aspects of each of them that they give us a piece of power, a piece of their their fundamental nature to empower the heart of Azeroth with. And it worked. And it worked. Even though we're told, you know, they, we sacrificed our power to make this possible, it still worked. So maybe their power hasn't been sacrificed. There's a there's a lot to this. Uh, I am sorry that we are we are rambling like drunken fiends today, and I apologize. <laughs> I know but this, this is one of those questions <laughs> that just leads you down like rabbit it, holes. Well, I mean, it's I think I think it's a good thing because, right? because you know Galakron was a giant bunny, so of course, absolutely. But I think it's a good thing too because like with come, moving into Dragonflight and Dragonflight at the t- at the time of this recording, we're we're about three weeks away, right? We're we're four weeks away. We're getting real yeah. real close uh, to the to the release of it, and it's going to be tomorrow's November first, right? Tomorrow's November first is the time of this recording, and we're the twenty eighth is the day. So, so yeah, almost exactly four weeks. So like it's. It's important. And we also know that we have more shorts coming. And presumably, if the first one involved Nors Domu, the other ones will probably involve some of the other Dragonflight members. Probably some of their stories, maybe what they've been going through, maybe what this means to them. Now the thing the beacon is lit and that the everything is is wide open again. A place where, you know, they called home for who knows how long and could not go back to. They didn't, they weren't able to get back at any point in time. Now they can, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how sort of the opening chapters play out. And then you also have the other thing with the Drak fear, the Drak fear starting area. And this is something I'm going to encourage everybody to do. And I'm not going to spoilers are are not going to be contained here. This is going to be spoiler free of it. Play it. Even if you have no intention of playing a Drak fear, but you care about the story, yeah, absolutely. Play it because it gives an interesting perspective on the dragon flights. I think like in the past, people have been kind of burned out on new races and playing one in their starting area to get to story. Like with a uh, cataclysm with the, the uh, Worgen and the goblins or even uh, Pandar- Mr. Pandaria with the Pandaren. I think here it's much different. Um, it is much more 
incorporated into what's happening. It isn't necessary to understand what's happening, but it gives you like almost, it's almost like the demon hunter thing did for Legion. Remember how playing a demon hunter in Legion meant that you, you had an understanding of stuff that you hadn't, wouldn't otherwise have known. Yeah. It's like that. It's, it's a lot like that. I, I honestly do think that Joe is right on the money here. You absolutely, even if you're not going to play a drag theory, even if they don't interest you at all, do it once just to, to see what goes on there. Cause it is really interesting. Especially because of the relationship between the drag theory and the dragon flight, right? Like mm-hmm. that's, that's another thing too. Like dragon flight, the expansion is we asked for something a little more down to earth when we were talking about our, our pie in the sky uh, sort of like expansion. And when we're not going on a vacation cruise, understandable we got other things to worry about this is very much at least right now a story setup of relationships and interacting with not just the other races but like your own people like the dragon flights have sort of been scattered for a while now right they haven't really been together even when we see glimpses of them the green dragon flight is doing what they're doing in the Emerald dream, trying to fix the damage that was done during the nightmare. Uh, the red dragon flight is on their, their readout trying to uh, cobble together a semblance of life. Uh, something that they don't know what to really do because Alex Straza is sort of beside herself. Her sister is gone. Uh, her, you know, her prime consort is gone. We don't know how many clutches of eggs are gone. And the world has been just like a hot mess for a minute now. Has no idea what's going on. Norzdomu has still that impending doom of his own mortality coming down the line and knows a lot about what's going to happen, which is absolutely hinted at in the the short, right? It's they absolutely talk about that. And you get the you get the idea uh when he says, you know, I gotta tell you about what's to come. Uh we always knew he knew more about what's happening. He just didn't say it because it wasn't the right time. Malagos is doing his own thing with the blue dragon flight, trying to get that flight back on, on or Calagos, excuse me. Wow. I got Malagos on the brain. Uh, Calagos is trying to keep that dragon flight in check because they've already mutinied, rebelled and had a civil war and try to destroy all magic and all sorts of other fun stuff. They're their own handful. And the black dragon flight, as far as we know, there's only two left and they've got their own stuff to worry about. This is the first time they've come together in a long 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 time and i think that's very interesting and yeah, another thing i want to say about this too is that this is very much an expansion of <sighs> connection and interconnection are certainly part of it but the other part of it is consequences like this is the consequences of actions taken eons ago are finally being realized we're finally seeing the results of what happened when x happened that the the shattering and the cat, the original you know sundering of Kalimdor put on hold for ten thousand years uh, by basically draining the mana away in a very real way. The the quote unquote ley lines of Azeroth are its lifeblood. They are its it like its capillary network, its veins, its arteries. With what happened in in battle for Azeroth, it looked like Azeroth had taken a a devastating wound that was that put it on the brink of death. And that is what happened. But now that recovery, in a way, it was sort of like lancing a boil. And I, I keep coming back to this. I honestly feel like we're going to find out that Sargeras wasn't trying to kill Azeroth. I think Sargeras was just trying to wake Azeroth up. Yeah, it's like, no, you know, if I can't, you know, if I can't make you like me, you have to be ready for what's coming. Jab. Because um, think about it. We, we still don't know what the Titan facilities were doing. 
Mm-hmm. Were the Titan facilities there to actually help, or were the Titan facilities there to keep the Titan asleep, or whatever it is were, asleep? I think they were there to keep it asleep because the assumption was keep it asleep and funnel its power back to itself so it can heal. But the time for a healing sleep is over. You, you don't and have so any many more of those, time. and so many of those mechanisms are broke. One of them probably was the alarm clock. Yeah. So. At any rate, you know, all of this aside, I think that responsibility and consequences and, you know, the, the results of the past coming into the present are all a big part of this. So it is an interesting expansion. Like the, the, the stuff of the, I got to see in the beta was really, it's quieter than Shadowlands in a way. Like, cause it's not all super weird all the time. Like you, when you go to like, say Maldraxxus, you are very aware that you are standing on a giant dead thing. All the time. It is just, it is, it is very, every Shadowlands zone is like turned up to 11 all the time, in my opinion, just in different ways. This doesn't do that. This feels like Azeroth. It feels like home, but then you like, you realize this is, it's like going back in time without actually time traveling. And I think it's really fascinating. But I think that's going to do it because we are right at time. Uh, Unless there's anything else you want to throw in there, Matt. I mean, there's probably some other stuff, but I think generally... I don't know. I I don't know what to do in terms of like what we're going to see what's coming. uh, I think there's a lot of stuff. The the dragon, I think this is going to be interesting because like by doing this dragon expansion, a lot of people thought it was kind of like they're coming, coming to the end of something, but this is the start of something. Like we're going to see stuff happen here. That's going to have effects in future expansions. And that's to me is interesting. So that's, that's it for me. All right. Well, folks, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. If you do have questions for this or any of our shows, be sure to send them into podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Make sure you specify what show it's for. You can also send those in on our various channels on Discord. We have one set aside for our Patreon supporters as a way of saying thank you. And that's our Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel. Uh, again, specify the show. If you can't support us on Patreon, you can still send those questions in via Discord. It's on our Q and Podcast Questions channel. Uh, and then, again, if you can't support us monetarily, send us a like. Give us a give us a review on any of these streaming platforms we're on. Share our content with your friends. Help us help us spread our brand. Uh, it sounds Direct weird. An altar to us, a dark altar, one where we will be worshipped. As oh, oh sorry, uh, I know that that's 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 that goat game. Um, <laughs> so. That's a fun game though. Yeah, maybe one day we'll do a cult of the lamb episode. We'll see. But for now, folks, we'll see you next week. Pumpkins. <laughs>